Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are getting prepared to dive into the Red Sox series. So let's talk about it. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back to Locked On Twins. Again, I'm your host, Brandon Warren. And you are listening to us as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you are in the chat, please feel free to give us comments. I'll answer them on the show or at least flash them up on the screen if they are compelling. Again, thanks for hanging out with us. Also, too, if you have questions you want answered on the show in general and not necessarily today, feel free to send them to me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked on Twins or hit the DMs. Also, Locked on Twins breathless post game minute after pretty much every game. So just make sure to look for those on YouTube under the shorts column, less than a minute or uh, right around there, a minute or less. So they're a lot of fun. Also, too, in those, you will get a stat that you will not get anywhere else. So that's me trying to find a statistic about the team either in that game or in that recent stretch that you won't find anywhere else. Twins playing the Red Sox, opening the series on Monday 641st pitch, it's going to be Pablo Lopez against James Paxton. Paxton returning to the scene of the crime where in 2018 on opening day, that eagle that was there for the flyover and everything caught a piece of him. So we'll see if he comes out with any sort of angst. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. So... Tigers series recap, not exactly um, (laughs) what you want to see team comes in ice cold, having lost nine of their previous 10 and they come in and take three of four from your twins. We keep trying to convince ourselves that the twins are a good team. And I, I still think they're a good team playing poorly. Now with that said, uh, if a good team had played even marginally well, the Twins would be up more than just two and a half games in the division and more than just two and a half games on a team. That's five games under 500. Tigers, 10 games under 500, five games back. White Sox, 11 games under 500, only five and a half back. Now, keep in mind, they are asking the White Sox about if they're going to be sellers here in the next five-ish weeks. And they're they're saying not quite yet, not quite ready for that. Um, 6.6% playoff division chance for the White Sox, according to fan graphs. And that's actually higher than it was when the Twins went on their little run in 2017. So it's going to be interesting to see which teams buy and sell as we again have another season with expanded playoffs. So there will be fewer teams waving the white flag early in the season or or near the trade deadline. So we'll be curious to see what happens there exactly. But as we roll back onto the Tigers series, basically 
each game I feel like was affected by one specific thing. Sometimes, at least in the case of the first three, it's something that rolled immediately into something else. So Twins lose 8-4 on Thursday. Willie Castro attempts to take third base with two outs in the bottom of the fourth, um, going for that revenge game against the Tigers, uh, tries to stretch it out to three, gets thrown out, Tigers come back, score three in the top half of the next inning, and take the lead and hold it the rest of the way. The next day, Friday, Donovan Solano thrown out at third. Uh, it says home in the box score, but in other words, you know, there was just some miscommunication between him and third base coach Tommy Watkins. Anyway, he gets hung out to dry. Twins end up missing opportunities. And the Tigers put up a five spot in the next half inning, including what was not ruled an error, but an Edouard Julien, I'm going to say misplay at second base to start the inning. So Twins lose 7-1 on Friday. Saturday, Twins win 2-0. Zach Short gets absolutely hosed at the plate by Carlos Correa. Great throw from down the left field line. And so Miguel Cabrera doubles, which is a story unto itself based on how he moves. And Short gets thrown out at the plate. Twins come back to score the only two runs of the game in the bottom half. Win that game 2-0 in a game that even that win didn't feel that good, if I can be candid. And then on Sunday, the finale, the one that is still fresh in our minds, the first six Twins reached against Alex Lang and friends. Actually, it was Alex Lang, and then in came uh, Jason Foley, who gave up a single to Royce Lewis up the middle to drive home a run. I I thought Solano probably could have scored there, but apparently there was some miscommunication on base running and, and that sort of thing. Anyway, so Alex Lang was a mess. Jason Foley comes in, and... So Kyle Farmer flies to left. Joey Gallo strikes out swinging. And then Byron Buxton comes in pinch hitting for um, Christian Vasquez, which again makes a ton of sense and then strikes out looking. So twins come back from six, one to six, four bases loaded. And they do basically what they've done all season long with the bases chucked. Uh, Then twins absolutely punchless. In the ninth against Foley, including two looking strikeouts, 14 strikeouts looking in the series, which is a number that is almost too big to comprehend. But such is life. Um, let's give some love to Jordan Balazovic, the or Balazovic. I, I keep screwing that name up. I keep I've been calling him Balazovic for years. We'll call him Balaz, Balazovic because I think that's close. Uh, three and two-thirds innings, he faces 11 hitters, gets nine outs, a um, couple of hits, a walk, and a pair of strikeouts. But in general, I think you know we were keeping expectations kind of low just because he's had such a bumpy run in the minors the last year plus. Um, you know, I think that uh, he did a great job. Got to give a lot of credit. Got to take your hat off to Balazovic. And um, just a, just a great job. We'll see what role is uh, the one he's going to be asked to do moving forward because I think having him and Brent Hedrick on the roster at the same time is 
is going to be tricky because one of the one of the other of those guys is going to be pressed into a role that is maybe a little higher leverage than they're ready. Although Hedrick was good in relief earlier in the season, so maybe he can push for some of the lefty innings that Giovanni Moran was pitching, and Moran can maybe push for um, more of a Thielbar-ish role, which again, not ideal. You'd much rather have Thielbar, but such is life. Let's run over some numbers though for the Twins in the Tiger series before we hit our first break. Twins hit a buck 90 in the four-game series, 244 on base, 294 slugging percentage. So they had 24 hits, nine of them go for extra bases, but this is the number that's going to stand out. 46 strikeouts in four games. So a strikeout percentage, I'm going to pull it up here just because I want to make sure that I have it correct. Twins hitters struck out 34.1% of the time. An absolutely astonishing once every three plate appearances and then some. Twins hit a couple homers. And again, 14 looking strikeouts. 46 strikeouts, seven walks on offense, which is just absolutely atrocious. Byron Buxton goes 0 for the series, 0 for 13. Um, if you want any indication of where Max Kepler's at, three plate appearances in the entire series. Uh, everybody else is cold. Willie Castro had a nice revenge series, goes 4 for 10 with a couple of doubles, although granted one of those was pretty costly. Donovan Solano goes three for 10. So he gets 300 with a couple of walks. And then every other twin hit 231 or worse in the series with that being Alex Kirloff, three for 13, Carlos Correa, three for 15. So much so for talking about a Correa bounce back. And again, it's just a few games, but it certainly puts some cold water on the fact that he was in all caps back on the pitching side. Not much to get excited about here. 5.25 ERA, 6.75 strikeouts per nine. So obviously it's not hard to see statistically why the Twins couldn't match up with the Tigers. Uh, one positive, they didn't commit an error the whole series. But again, not much else to fall back on with this series. Twins have a chance, though, to get some retribution early next week. They'll be heading to Detroit after four against the Red Sox that starts Monday evening. Looks like the pitching matchups for Detroit, uh, Varland, Lopez, Ober against Wentz, Olsen, and Lorenzen. So we'll see if anything changes there. Also, Twins going to Atlanta after that. So we've got four against Boston, which we'll break down here in just a second. But can't get too far ahead of ourselves. Twins are... Um, Three and three on the homestand with four to go. Not ideal. Certainly, I think a lot of us wanted to expect them to win six or maybe even seven. If it's going to be seven, they're going to have to sweep the Red Sox. Red Sox, not exactly the Red Sox of old, but they've been decent in June. Let's talk about our friends at eBay Motors. eBay Motors, a fine sponsor of ours. If you want to be part of a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. The same thing is applicable when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. 
Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million, that's not a misprint, parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get to the next spot here. We're going into the bullpen. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. And if you're an everydayer, make sure to check back. Our special guest on Tuesday is none other than former Twins outfielder Matt Lawton. So we're going to have some fun there. If you have some questions for him as well, feel free to shoot those over on the uh, Twitter machine and we will make sure to ask him, but have a lot of fun asking him about the late nineties, early two thousands and that sort of thing. Playing for TK um, never got to play for Guardy, but he did have Guardy as a third base coach. So probably we'll have some good Guardy stories as well. But again, part of the group that saved baseball in Minnesota in the early two thousands. So We'll have a lot of fun talking to Matt Lawton on Tuesday. Twins Red Sox opening up Monday. It's a 6:40 first pitch. Pablo Lopez against James Paxton. If you want to catch every pitch of this game and every other game, you can get the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the app. It's the SXM app and just search for Twins. So it's Lopez Paxton to open the series. Bailey Ober and Cutter Crawford. Wednesday, Sonny Gray and Garrett Whitlock. And to bring things full circle, Thursday, Joe Ryan against Corey Kluber. So not exactly your older brother's Red Sox. It has not been the greatest of seasons for them as we catch them. They're 37 and 35. They're in fifth place. So dead last in the East. And again, last place in the East would be first place in the Central. So You've heard that, uh, like it, love it, learn to hate it, whatever. Um, but Red Sox offense has been clicking for the most part, pretty good this season. Uh, top 10 in average top five in on base percentage, top 10 in OPS, not hitting a lot of homers and not a lot of steals. So they got to put together innings against you, which can be tough because with their pitching staff too, it's, it's, they haven't had the ability to really hang with teams as much as maybe you'd expect a Red Sox team to do. And again, if, if you think back to the starters, Paxton Crawford, Whitlock, Kluber, they're going to miss Brian Bellow, who has been one of their more um, exciting slash useful arms this year. Um, so certainly no gripe about that. Um, Red Sox have 23 come from behind wins this season though. So they're not down and out when they're down, which what that offense is not surprising. Uh, 287 with runners in scoring position is third. Uh, two out runs, they're fourth with 146 on base. They're getting on base at a 335 clip and lots of extra base hits. So they're fifth and hits, fifth and extra base hits, but um, not a lot of homers. So I think you're getting a lot of doubles, maybe a few triples mixed in and they do not strike out a ton. It's about 20.5%. 
On the contrary, Twins, who we all know have struck out the most in MLB, are 27.3%. Not only number one in MLB, but by more than a percentage point, 1.4% above the Mariners, who are the next worst. So Twins striking out like it's going out of style. And frankly, I, I don't think it ever was in style. But um, Red Sox, no walk-off losses this season, so maybe the Twins can put a dent in that. Um, second to last in errors and fielding percentage. So if you can get them to kick the ball around, that's certainly a good thing. And starting pitcher ERA, they're 24th. So a 4-9-0. Again, you look at the names that they're throwing at you, and you're not exactly forgetting about the days of Pedro Martinez, Kurt Schilling, and that sort of thing. And if you look at their pitching season numbers, um, let me make sure I get to the right spot here. Again, hat tip. Two fan graphs, our absolute favorite. Um, Chris Sale on the IL, he kind of carved up the Twins a little bit um, earlier this season. Paxton has been pretty good. Lots of strikeouts again. Really with him, it's about if he can stay healthy. You know, he's back hitting 96, 97 with his fastball. And if he's as advertised and as has looked in the past, then things are a little different. Uh, again, Bello has been very, very good, um, but the Twins will miss him. They will get Cutter Crawford, who has a 4-2-0 ERA, has been striking out everybody, but um, giving up some homers. So we'll see about that. Whitlock also been giving up homers. Uh, it, it's really basically just a, a starting staff of just kind of decent guys, and then Paxton, who they're just – hoping we'll stay healthy. And and we hope so too, because, um, you know, it's been a long kind of crappy road for James Paxson over the years, Mariners and Yankees and et cetera, et cetera. Um, for a minute there, no longer the case, but for a minute there, they also had former twin Zach Littell in their bullpen. It appears he has been, uh, actually shipped out, but there are some fun former twins names in the organization. Nico Goodrum down at triple a, um, Daniel Palka down at AAA. So uh, a few names you might recognize. Cam Boozer down at AAA as well. So there, there are some fun, interesting names in their minors, but not ones you'll necessarily see in this series. In the month of June, um, Red Sox 752 OPS, uh, 359 ERA. So, I mean, uh, the pitching staff and, and offense have been solid, 9 and 8 on the month. So again, pretty standard with what they've done Whether there's been kind of two steps forward, two steps back, very similar to the twins, except they're doing it more with offense as opposed to pitching Justin Turner heating up. He's got a 933 OPS this month and hit that foul ball off John Sterling, which was interesting. If you haven't seen that, not to say that I want to, um, <laughs> you know, endorse, hitting people with baseballs, but it's a very interesting video and not hard to find. Um, Alex Verdugo having a good month. Uh, Masataka Yoshida getting on base a lot. Rafael Devers having a good month, 866 OPS. Tristan Casas starting to heat up, 843 with a 403 on base. And then pitching wide, uh, pitching wise, easy for me to say, uh, James Paxton, couple starts, buck 38 ERA. Whitlock's got a 350 with a strikeout per inning. Cutter Crawford, though, has been hit pretty hard. So we'll see how this all lines up. And then Corey Kluber, 871 ERA, 
absolutely getting pasted this month, not striking anybody out, giving up tons of homers. So either the Twins will be the offense that cures him or he'll be the pitcher that cures them, but I'm not sure I'm really prepared for it to be uh, the Twins who have uh, <laughs> energized their uh, their offense. Now let's go to the seventh inning stretch again. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Come hang tomorrow. We're going to be talking to Matt Lawton, which should be a whole heap of fun. And so Twins, Red Sox, Lopez, Paxton. We've talked about Paxton. He's been pretty dang good here over the last uh, few weeks. Twins are going to have their um, versus lefty specific lineup. I believe I saw Donovan Solano at the top. In fact... We may as well just uh, run down the lineup because we're going to be releasing this so close to first pitch. But um, here's how the Twins line up against Paxton. It's going to be Solano at first, Julien at second, Buxton at DH, Correa at short, Kirloff in right, Castro in center, Kyle Farmer at third, Joey Gallo in left. Always uh, interested in to see how they line up their outfield. And then Christian Vasquez doing the catching. So again, Solano, Julian Buxton, Correa, Kirilov, Castro, Farmer, Gallo, Vasquez against the lefty. Uh, I don't know how telling it is that there's three lefties in the lineup and none of them are Max Kepler. But again, he barely played in the Tiger series. So I think we're starting to see either the beginning of the end of Max Kepler or he is going to have to dig up in a hurry. Jorge Lopez going on the IL, restricted list, and then IL with mental health, um, a mental health break, a mental health condition. Obviously, I don't want to speculate too much on what's going on, but um, I do think there are some people who maybe owe him an apology for making references to him being mentally weak or mentally soft or being a head case. Again, we throw these things around. And it's uh, it's not a joke. It's not something to be made fun of. You know, one of the sponsors on the show re- revolves around this. So um, be well, Jorge Lopez. Hopefully when you come back, you're 100% rip-roaring, ready to go and feeling good. Um, baseball secondary at this point. So you just hope for the best for Lopez. In the meantime, the Twins will uh, push on. But you just, again, hope for the best for the human, and then the baseball comes after that. Baseball comes secondary. Also, too, it looks, looks as though Kenta Maeda is nearing a return, has worked as a starter here on his rehab. Kind of feels like maybe the beginning of uh, beginning of the end of Louis Varlin's run in the rotation here this time around. And that is probably where um, I get the sense. They'll probably send Varlin back to St. Paul and uh, and have the rotation spot. But they could do some things in the bullpen, too with both Hedrick and Balazovic out there. So we'll see what happens. Um, Hoping for the best. Ryan Linderholm in the chat saying he's praying for Jorge Lopez. Yeah. Um, You just hope for the best and hopefully he can come back and um, play baseball in a way that fulfills him mentally, which is, is very, very important. Uh, Ryan also says he thinks Buxton should have took a rehab in St. Paul as he's not seeing the ball. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how that process or conversation goes between a player and a 
staff as far as if they're going on a rehab or not, because Max Kepler came back and struggled. And granted, he's struggled all season, so it's not really an anomaly there. But yeah, it's uh, he's not seeing the ball. He also, though, had that stretch where he ran into, I think it was Romy Gonzalez, the infielder for the White Sox, and then had like a one for 20 or whatever after. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Yankees series and then just kind of turned it back on. So we'll see. I'm hopeful, you know, maybe he can, uh, you know, rip a 96 mile an hour fastball from Paxton into the left field bleachers and kind of go from there. I think it's going to take one swing to get him back on track. I thought that swing might have come in Sunday's game. He hit a ball to right center field with um, pretty good exit velocity. It was fairly deep. And sometimes when a guy starts driving the ball and driving the ball the other way, you kind of sense that they're seeing it better. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully he's on his way back, but um, you know, we'll hold our breath until then. E-Man wants to know, do you think Miranda should be back up in the big since he's had a pretty solid June? So yeah, I do. But if that's the case, you have to send down probably Royce Lewis. And I don't think they're ready to do that quite yet. Lewis has struggled of late. Uh, you know, there's still that excitement level of when he's up, anything can happen. And he's hitting 281, not a lot of slugging. He's got a couple homers, not taking any walks. I mean, 20 to two strikeout to walk ratio. I don't think they're going to send him down, but I think it would take that. Or if Michael A. Taylor goes on the IL, which, you know, we've heard nothing to that effect as of this recording. And again, we hope that, um, you know, hope for the best after he got hit on the back of the head, missed the helmet altogether, which is such a weird thing to see happen. Um, but it's a place that's not protected on players. And and so it's, again, always possible. Um, yeah, so if, if there's going to be a reemergence of Miranda, it's either going to have to be um, Lewis going down, which I'm sure they're not close to, or Michael A. Taylor going the IL. And if he does, I don't know. I think the outcry for Walner will be higher or Celestino who's now healthy and they need, uh, if they decide they need a backup in center, which, you know, Max Kepler apparently doesn't want to play there. Is Joey Gallo enough of a backup? Should Willie Castro be starting? Honestly, uh, a lot of questions. So if, if they're going to bring up a hitter, it's going to probably be in response to whatever happens with Michael A. Taylor, um, most likely, which as of this recording, we have not seen yet. What else have we got here from the chat? Uh, Bob wants to cut Kepler now. I, you know, once everyone's healthy and again, knock on wood, we've been saying that all year and it hasn't happened. Um, maybe that's it. I think that's that's certainly a possibility, but um, I don't think they're quite there yet, but I don't think they're as far off as maybe we had expected. Besides, I want to start a new trend. Every regular episode we do, I want to do an old friend update. I know we have a listener named Jimmy who loves keeping up with where the Twins old players go, and I've owed him an article on it for a long time. In the meantime, we will do an appetizer. We will do a dessert. We will do a sampling with 
Kyle Gibson. So if you are not aware, he's basically, I mean, to call him the number one for the Orioles is probably premature, but he's listed at the top of their depth chart. He's having a very, very, very Kyle Gibson-like series season, excuse me, with the O's, uh, 394 ERA, 3.81 FIP and 89 innings, not really striking anybody out. Uh, his breaking ball is a sweeper. We all knew it as a slider in his twins era before a sweeper became a pitch classification. So I, I would suspect it's probably more along the lines of that pitch always broke a little more like that than he's actually gotten rid of it. Cause it says 0% on the slider, which that pitch was good enough. I don't think he would subtract it. Um, he's not throwing as many sinkers, which is interesting because his ground ball rate is a career low 44.1%. He's cut his sinker usage to about 10% or two seam, whatever, uh, below his career usage and is throwing a lot more change-ups. So interesting. Uh, if you want to see him play Saturday, he is lined up to face the Mariners. But again, that's our old friend update. Kyle Gibson having a fairly good season with the Baltimore Orioles. Now, with that said, that is a wrap on this edition of Locked on Twins. Thanks for hanging out. And make sure you follow at Locked on Twins, at Brandon underscore Warren. And thank you for making us your first listen every day. Come back tomorrow for the Matt Lawton episode. Pretty exciting. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you are listening or watching. Otherwise, this is Brandon Warren signing off, saying thank you so much for hanging out, and don't forget to stop by tomorrow.